Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. Well, if you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the Old Testament book of 1 Kings, the book of 1 Kings in chapter number 8. We're going to be looking at this and its parallel passage in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 towards the uh, middle of the message, but we want to start off tonight by looking at 1 Kings chapter 8. Where we're at in history is that King Solomon has built his famous temple dedicated unto the Lord. They spent some time to sanctify it, to separate it, then they made sacrifices for it. They've gathered the people together and they dedicated it to the Lord. Solomon has taken some time to pray and to give some prayer requests knowing that he gave us seven things that we could expect God to hear and answer prayers with. Then the fire of God came down. And when it came down, what happened is that the people uh, responded to God and Solomon makes a speech towards the people. With it, if you don't mind, as we pick this up, just carrying on with what we've already been reading about the dedication of the temple and try to see this very significant event. Notice what we find in the book of 1 Kings chapter number 8. 1 Kings chapter number 8. And for context's sake, let's start at verse number 10 where we left off on Wednesday. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 10. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said that he will dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel and all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David, my father, and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying, since the day that I brought forth my people Israel out of Egypt, I chose no city out of the tribes of Israel to build a house that my name might be therein. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. And it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David, my father, whereas it was in thine heart to build a house unto my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son that shall come forth out of thy loins, he shall build the house unto my name. And the Lord had performed his word that he spake. And I am risen up in the room of David, my father, and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I have set there a place for the ark, which is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, would you mark a phrase that we find in verse number 15? First Kings chapter eight, and verse number 18, 
uh, sorry, verse number 14, rather. Notice what it says. Blessed all the congregation. Blessed all the congregation. And with this, we're going to see a little bit about why these people were blessed people. And then also compare ourselves that why God has made us a blessed people. That he blessed all of the congregation. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the fulfilled promises. Thank you for the encouragements. Thank you for things moving forward. Thank you for people making decisions. Thank you so much for allowing us to be in your house and in your place. We're thankful that you have made us a blessed people just because you chose to, and we don't take it lightly. Help us to realize and get our encouragement looking up at you and realizing all that you've done for us and that we indeed are a blessed people. Please give us encouragement. Please make this clear. Let us walk away saying, what a great God. What a wonderful Savior. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. The idea of blessing is a very important concept throughout the Bible. In fact, it is mentioned, if I remember right, it may be a little bit off, 475 times in the Bible. That's quite a bit, the idea of blessing. It's an important concept found within it. It carries the basic idea of the favorite of God, which leads to happiness. Sometimes people will just replace the word blessed with the idea of happiness. Being blessed doesn't mean happiness. But it does carry the idea that God has favored us, which should lead to happiness. When you realize that how much God has blessed us, it should make us joyful people. If you realize all that God has done for you and all the favor that he's poured upon you and you can still be grumpy, there's something wrong. There should be a happiness that comes when we realize all that God has done for us. Now in the Bible, blessing, uh, blessings are carried about in one of three ways. There's blessings that are carried from God to man. There's blessings that are carried from uh, man to God. And there are blessings that are carried from man to man. Those are three different ways that are used in the Bible and fairly used equally throughout the Bible. The idea of the blessing that comes from God to man is that favor of God that God has bestowed upon man. And God has truly blessed us in a great way. The idea of the blessing that goes from man to God, you often say that he blessed the Lord and we sing the song, bless the Lord, all my soul. That carries the idea that because I recognize the blessings that God has given to me, I turn around in thankfulness and are exclaiming what a great God I have because of those blessings. I bless the Lord because he has blessed me. I'm just exclaiming what a great God he is because he's put his favor upon me. Then there's the idea of blessing, um, from man to man. And this carries the idea that by blessing another in the name of God, it's acknowledging the merits of another person that God generally blesses people just like that. For example, if um, someone is considered to be a good person, you know, someone who's trying to be, um, do what's right, you will say, well, God bless you because you're expecting God to bless people who act just like that. Does that make sense? That you're expecting that God's going to bring you favors because God favors and pours blessings on people who behave like you. Does that make sense? That's what the idea of man blessing another. He's recognizing that God puts blessings and favors upon people just like you. So does that sort of make sense? Just kind of carrying the idea of how it's used in the Bible and what 
all that carries through. Now going back to the text here, we want to see a couple things <coughs> about these blessed people. The first thing is that the presence of the Lord blesses the people. The presence of the Lord blesses the people. Notice if you don't mind as we carry through here in the book of First Kings chapter number 8. Now, if you remember that the uh, smoke of the Lord, the cloud of the Lord had filled the house in verses 10 and 11. We had covered that on Wednesday. We had reminded you that of the here. So what happened is that the smoke of the Lord has now filled the place as we had saw in second Chronicles chapter seven, verse one, we're not going to turn there right then, but the fire of the Lord also came down in response to Solomon's prayers. Remember that Solomon prayed and as he talked to God, remember Solomon's on a platform before the people. They have a big courtyard. They have this big platform. Solomon fell down before his face, lifted up his hands. And as he was praying, he had given seven different things that we can expect God to answer our prayers with. And then in response to prove that God will answer those prayers, he has now put the fire of the Lord. God has put the fire of the Lord and has put it down within the smoke. So can you imagine Hollywood effects have nothing on God to have this big thick smoke coming out representing the physical manifest presence of God. And then behind it, the power of God and the favor of God in this fire that is now backdropping this smoke. Can you imagine this smoke highlighted by the flames behind it and to see what it would look like? And the people are watching this as it's now coming out of the temple. They're in the courtyard. And so with this backdrop in mind, the people have sensed the presence of God. The presence of the Lord is now thick. Notice what Solomon says in response to this in verse 12. That's 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 12. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said he would dwell in the thickness of darkness. Now there are several different passages that talk about that he would be put in the thickness and darkness, even all the way back to Leviticus chapter 16, verse two. I'll just read it for you if you don't mind. And the Lord said unto Moses, speak unto Aaron, thy brother, that he come not at all times into the holy place within the veil before the mercy seat, which is upon the ark, um, that he die not for I will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. And all throughout the Bible, it makes this reference that God will manifest himself in the cloud. We had spoken a little bit about that on Wednesday night, all the different times that he comes up. So Solomon is actually referring to this, that God would dwell in thick darkness. Now, at this time, people start going, wait, wait a second. We know the Bible says that God is light and we know that he is light, but he dwells with man in thick darkness. We see that throughout the Old Testament. So how do we rectify these? Well, they could not spare the light of God and his bedazzling glory. So God has made it so he would show up in the smoke so he could not blind us with his light. And he explains a little bit about that. But both of those represent the presence of God, this smoke. Instead of having the blinding light, he's chosen to show up in this thick darkness, this smoke, this representation of God's presence. Notice as Solomon goes on in verse 13. I have surely built thee a house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. Now, once again, he's making reference to this idea um, that he has now built a permanent dwelling place before the 
this, you had the tabernacle, which was a temporary dwelling place that would travel from here to here. Now you have the temple, which is going to be established. And now it doesn't have to move. It's not going to move. It's too heavy to move. It's there forever. God has given them the land. They've settled the land. They don't have to worry about the enemies in the land. Now we can have a place where it's no longer uh, building and battling. We don't have to fight for this hill over and over. It's it's uh, settled. It's established. It's not going anywhere. God's presence can permanently dwell among his people in the land that he had promised them. Now again, to prove that God had accepted this, the fire had come from heaven and burnt up the sacrifice of God. Now the fire coming from the thick darkness Uh, made that effect more terrible. But when the children of Israel saw this, when we go back to uh, 2 Chronicles, we'll look at it specifically. The children of Israel saw this, they fell to their faces in worship to the Lord. The fire of God didn't cause them to run away, but the presence of God caused them to worship. You know, that's the true response. If we're right with God and the presence of God comes, we don't want to run. We want to fall on our faces and acknowledge his majesty, his glory, his might, his power. That's the wonderful thing. We as believers don't have to be afraid of God's presence. You know, ever have, um, when you were a kid, you knew you were in trouble and you didn't want dad to get home or mom to get home and and they showed up and you were somewhere else? You know, why? Because you were afraid of authority. But if you are right with that authority, you don't mind seeing your parents come home. You don't mind seeing authority come home. When God showed up, because the people are now right with God at this time, they fell down and worshiped him and acknowledged his greatness and his power. These were a blessed people because of the presence of God. The presence of God was a blessing to these people, not a fearful thing, not a frightening thing, not a thing that made them run and scamper away. It was one where they go, wow. It is wonderful to be in the presence of God. It's a wonderful thing to be here with the Lord. This ended up causing them to sing that the glory, uh, God is good and his mercy endureth forever. It was of God's mercy that he was accepted on their behalf. In fact, uh, Solomon made reference to this about the mercy of God a little bit later. A second thing that we see is the reminder that God keeps his promises, blesses the people. The reminder that God keeps his promises, blessed the people. As Solomon continues with this, starting at verse number 14, the king turned his face about. Remember, he was talking to God, making this. God's fire came down. People worship. Then the king stood in his platform and faced the congregation. And all the congregation of Israel stood. He faced them. And verse 15, he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father. And he carries up this promise that God had told, chose David to be, <coughs> to be king. David had in his heart to build the temple, but he could not. God said, your son is going to do it. And then, <coughs> excuse me, verse number 20. And the Lord hath performed his word that he spoke. And I am risen up in the room of David, my father, and sit on the throne of David or Israel as the Lord had promised and hath built a house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. Here he's going through that God made a promise and he kept it. 
You know, one of the reasons why we're a blessed people is because we have a God who keeps his promises. If God says it, we can trust it. We don't have to worry about, did God mean it? Did he put strings attached? If God said it, we can believe it. That's an encouraging thing that God says what he means. You know, sometimes people who don't quite believe the Bible, maybe they believe there's mistakes in it. They believe someone messed with it. They never are able to have things settled in their life because they don't know if they can trust God's word. But when you realize that God keeps his word and that his Bible is his word and that it's perfectly preserved, we can believe everything that God says. We don't have to worry about whether I'm going to heaven or not because the Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, anytime that I feel down or anything, I feel doubt, I can go to God's promise and say, you know what? I believed in his promise and he promised me I shall never perish, but instead I have everlasting life. God made a promise and I could take it to the bank. I'm so thankful that salvation is not based off of my feelings because there's sometimes I wake up and I don't feel saved. It's based off of his promise that God keeps his word. And there's so many promises in the Bible. I can trust his word and I'm a blessed person because of God's promises. You know, we are truly a blessed people because of these promises that God performed his word. He keeps his word. Now, with that in mind, turn with me to the parallel passage of 2 Chronicles chapter 7. If you're in 1 Kings now, the next book is 1 Chronicles, then 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, we have the continuation of this story, and it gives some more information. Now, just as a note of interest, 2 Chronicles is written about 400 years um, after Solomon had performed these things. It was written again, probably by Ezra, to encourage the people of return back to the land that God keeps his promises and that God's house is very important to God and we need to do our best of keeping up God's house because it is God's representative presence among his people that God there wants to dwell among the people. So notice with me in second Chronicles chapter seven, and we see something else. The example of worship bless the people. The example of worship bless the people. So you have the smoke of God and the fire of God that's come. You've had Solomon talk to the Lord and give these promises about prayers and God has put a stamp of approval upon it. Then he turned around and the presence of God there blessed the people. The promises of God blessed the people. Then we see the example of worship bless the people. Notice with me in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 1. <coughs> now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because of the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire had come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good and his mercy endureth forever. Verse 4. 
Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. Now notice this. We start to see some big things here. Verse 5. And King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So that the king and all the people dedicated to the house of the Lord. Now this is some big things. If you're keeping track of numbers here, you have... 142,000 animals that are going to be sacrificed on this dedication. It's going to be sacrificed in a seven day period. Working math to properly prepare an animal for its death took two hours to get the animal prepared, to make sure it was clean. Uh, it was ready to go, to go ahead and put it to death and prepare for the sacrifice, took two hours. Then they would take the blood and they would sprinkle it upon the altar. To accomplish this, there would be 20,000 animals' blood sprinkled upon the altar every four seconds. There's a lot of moving parts on this right now. There were so many offerings that Solomon had to set up additional altars in the temple courtyard. This would have at least 1,600 animals in the courtyard temple at any time. Again, yeah, it's a lot of animals here. This is a big deal. All the sheep and all the oxen, the people, the sacrifices, everything going on. And the people are doing this willingly and they're watching this. Notice as it goes on in verse number... Um, Excuse me, in verse number six. And the priest waited on their offices and the Levites also with their instruments of music of the Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord because his mercy endureth forever. And when David praised by their um, ministry and the priest sounded trumpets before them and all of Israel stood. Moreover, Solomon hallowed the middle court that it was before the house of the Lord for he had offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings. Notice this, what offerings it is, the peace offerings because of the brazen altar, which Solomon had made was not able to receive the burnt offerings and the meat offerings and the fat. <clears throat> so here you have all of these things going on. The type of offering that they're giving is what is called a peace offering. Because of the peace offering, these animals were only partially burnt on the altars and the rest were eaten by the people. The peace offering was often followed up as a meal. And it was to show that we have peace and fellowship with God because of the finished sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, so what happened is that this uh, offering was made to be enjoyed with family and friends. And I'm so thankful that we can have fellowship because of what God has done for us. Now, with all of the animals, the number of animals would be very reasonable to be able to feed 2 million people who showed up during this last week to go ahead and show up, to feed them, to take care of them. And what a great time that the whole nation is gathered together to worship the Lord. And as they're worshiping the Lord, they're able to have fellowship one with another and peace with one another because of the worship of God and because of everything that was done in due course. What a wonderful thing that the worship of God blessed the people. On top of that, that what happened is that David... Um, 
David, when he was king, had made specific musics for the priest to play. And so Solomon said, hey, let's get those out. David gave us an example of music. He wrote music. We have Asaph here. We got the instruments. So while the sacrifices are going on, let's go ahead and have good God-honoring music playing so that way the people can enjoy what a worship service is. And let's put our attention upon him. And so during the time they are worshiping God, during this time they're fellowshipping with God and with each other. During this time they have music praising God. And all this time the people are a blessed people because of the worship that is going on. You know, worship, one of the things that we enjoy about a local New Testament church is the ability to worship God together. That we're able to sing together. We're able to look to the Lord together and acknowledge God together. We're able to fellowship one another because of what God has done for us. That there are so many blessings to be a part of what God is doing amongst his people. That we are truly a blessed people because of the way that the worship of God is organized. That we get to participate and be a part of. We, the example of worship was bless the people. Then we see something else here as we finish off this passage. The goodness of the Lord blessed the people. The goodness of the Lord blessed the people. Notice with me in verse number 8. Also at the same time Solomon kept the feast seven days and all of Israel with him a very great congregation. If you call close to two million people a great congregation, yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of people there. From the entering in of Hamath in, unto the river Egypt. And in the eighth day they made a solemn assembly. That means they gather together again. For they kept the dedication of the altar seven days. And the feast seven days. That's two weeks now. And on the three and twentieth day of the seventh month. He sent the people away in their tents. Glad and merry in heart. For the goodness that the Lord had showed to David. And to Solomon and to Israel his people. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came to Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord and his own house he prospered prosperously effected. So the people had gathered together and they're recognizing man God has been so good to us. And with that, the people were blessed because they saw the favor of the Lord. They saw that what God has been doing. And the people were encouraged. You know, we could look at these things and realize that God has truly blessed us as well. God has put his favor upon us. And we get to see the favor of God upon us. How do we see this? Well, the same things is that we can have the presence of God with us. We know that the temple and the tabernacle were meant for the Old Testament people to be able to have the, uh, the representation of the presence of God with them. We know for New Testament Christians, we actually have God living within us. And that we could gather together in the name of Christ and the Holy Christ is there in the midst of us that we could gather together. And the presence of God can be real. What a wonderful thing. And the presence of God that we could gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and worship God and have communion one to another. That's a blessing. We understand, <coughs> excuse me, that the reminder that God keeps his promises is a blessed people. That's one of the great things of being able to open the Bible week after week, service after service, and be able to say, look at what God has promised. God will keep his word. And we get our encouragement because of God's word. We are truly a blessed people. Even the idea that we can worship God together. 
we have some good times at church together. I hope that church is a highlight for you, that you can't wait to gather together with God's people. There are times that the world is very discouraging. And to be able to know that I can make it to church on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday night, to gather together on a Sunday morning. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. I can't wait to see what lives are going to be changed, how people are going to respond. What a wonderful thing. We are truly a blessed people. You know, we know that there's such a thing as the Icicle Baptist Church where everything's frozen over and the people just don't smile and you walk in and you just wonder if they're even alive and they're just so cold. Uh, You know, those are awful churches. Icicles hanging all over. You come in as a visitor and you come early and you sit in your seat and a couple minutes later some couple looks over and just staring at you and you're in my spot. Okay, you know, there's nothing like that where the people stare at the preacher and all right, we stand up and sing and they put their faces in the hymn book and just kind of sing to the paper and barely lift up a holy grunt and they put it down and they stand up when they're supposed to and they sit down when they're supposed to and they all look like robots and everything's automatic. You give an invitation and the people are just... They're not responding to God. Let me tell you, there's churches out there like that. But we're a blessed people. God has done so much for us. It should be a time where we're expecting God to show up. We're expecting God to speak to us. We're expecting to respond to him. I can't wait to see what God is going to do and how I'm going to respond and already making a plan that I'm going to worship him. That there should be an idea that when we sing, we may not be the best, but we do it with our heart. That should be the idea. And lifting up praises to him. We're a blessed people to have fellowship one for another. To be able to go and say, you know what? I love these folks. You guys are closer to me than my own kin. That means quite a bit. To be able to say, you all are family. And I'm thankful that we have a spirit of unity and that we can get along. We're a blessed people. And to know that the greatest days are still ahead and that we're looking forward to seeing what God's going to do, that he's not done with us yet. There's so much. We have the goodness of God. We have answers to prayer all the time. We're seeing things happen. We're seeing people move. We have people talking about it. We have people responding. It's wonderful to see what God, there's things being done in the background that you may not know about. People being reached that you may not even know that people are responding. We are a blessed people. And we should be an encouraged people. You know, every once in a while, we need a good shot in the arm where we understand that there's plenty of things to be taken care of and plenty of things that we need to fix. But every now and again, we also just need a good old-fashioned encouragement that God's on the throne, everything's all right, that we are truly a blessed people, and God's so good. And we just need to go to the place where we could thank God and say, God, it is good to be one of your children. It's good. It's not wasted time to be in your house. It's an encouraging time. It's not a wasted time to be in your Bible. You've got so many promises. I can't wait to see what you've got for us. To be able to look to the future, to be able to look and see what God is going to do. We are truly a blessed people. So let me ask you, do you feel blessed? Are you happy and you know it and your face will surely show it? You understand there should be something about it. If you truly believe that we're a blessed people, it should affect how you are. It shouldn't be the type of thing where, listen, 
my pastor's horrible, church is horrible, you want to come to church with me? If you really are thankful for being at church, others around you will know it. That's the best advertisement we could ever have, that people are glad to be in the house, God's house. And they don't mind telling other people, hey, what was you doing this weekend? Was you partying? No, I was at church. What? Oh, man, it was great to be in church too. Man, I was glad to be in church. What? You sure? You know, there's a lot of people who go to church that are not happy about it. We're a blessed people. And God's done so much for us. So not much of an invitation other than thankfulness. We're a great God. Our God's a great God. We have a great God and we get to worship him and acknowledge him. See how great he is. And that we should realize how blessed we really are. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 530-6308. Once again, that number is 920-530-6308. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.